Masechet Kiddushin, Daf Tet. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Shtar and what you write in the Shtar and who he gives the Shtar to. But first, we've been talking about cases where a man proposes to a woman in unusual circumstances and she gives a response, but her response is not clear. Like if he says, here, I propose to you by Haret uh, Mekodeshet with this piece of bread. And then she says, oh, you know what? Throw that bread to the dog. Does that mean yes? If it's her dog, that means yes. If it's some random dog, that means no, um, or to the poor person, or she throws it into the fire, and cases like that. So we're going to see a few more cases, um, and uh, that where similarly, we're not sure what she means by that. Yata. A certain man, he's selling beads of glass. A woman comes and says, oh, look at these beautiful beads. Can I have one string of beads? And the man says, if I give it to you, will you be mikudeshet to me? And she says, give, give. Now, what does that mean when she says, give, give? Is that a yes, right? Yes, I agreed to marry you for these beads. Or is she saying, just give it to me, right? And she does not mean, meaning like she's saying it in an annoy, annoyed way or um, in a way of mocking her. Come on, please, just give it, right? Um, so what's her tone? We don't have the tone here, but from the double language, it sounds like she doesn't mean it. And therefore, anytime you say this double language, like, give, give, then we assume she does not mean to get married. How, so we're going to see two more cases, same. You have a man, he was drinking wine in a store, he's in a bar drinking wine. A woman comes in and says, um, can I have a cup of wine? And he says, if I give you a cup of wine, will you be mikudeshet to me? And she says, give me to drink, give it to drink. Rav Chama says this language, although he has a you know, quick pickup line, I'll be mikudeshet, right? He's uh, jumped straight to the, uh, straight to the end. Um, when she says this double language, give me to drink, give me to drink, this does not mean anything. She's just saying, come on, just give me a drink. I don't have to marry you for a drink. Another case of a man, he's pick, he was picking dates from a tree. Woman kind of says, oh, those look like the such nice such such nice dates. Uh, throw me a couple. Okay, I'll throw. If I throw it to you, will you be mekadeshet to me with these couple of dates? Right, that's all you need is a couple of dates, and then you're ready to get married. She says, right, throw, throw. We assume she does not mean it. She's saying, oh, come on, just throw me a couple of dates, just throw, and uh, there is no kiddushin. Good. Now the next question is, what if she says it only once, right? Give me or uh, 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 give me a drink, throw without the double language. Then is that is that better? Amaravida mikudesh. Ravina says yes. Then she's more sincere, right? Will you will you be my wife for these couple of dates? And she says, give it to me. 
Yes, then that is Mikudesh. The double language makes it sound like she's mocking. Rav Sama Barakta Amar Tagademalka Ena Mikudesh. However, Rav Sama disagrees and says he, she swears by the king's crown. No, there's no Kiddushin here. Whether he says double language or single language, it doesn't mean it. Look at the circumstance, right? This guy's just giving a you know a quick pickup line. Who knows if he even means it? He means it. Let's say he means it. She says, "Oh, come on, just give it." Even if he says, if she says it once, right? There's no commitment here. There's no kiddushin. And that is the halacha. There is no kiddushin, whether you say it twice or once. And then we're going to have a quick summary of all the halachot that we said since yesterday. Yesterday we saw a machloket, whether if he's a man's mikadesh, a wife with a piece of silk, does he have to get it professionally appraised and tell her this is appraised for 50 dinar or not? Alakha is, he does not does not have to be appraised. It has to be worth at least a peruta, but you don't need an appraisal. Rabbi Al-Azhar said that um, if he, a man says, you are mekodeshedli with 100 zoos, and he gives her one. Um, and uh, the rest will come later. We interpret that um, language to mean on condition that he pays the rest later. So, uh, but a condition takes place right away. So they're, 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 she's mikudeshet immediately upon receiving the one dinar. She can't. That's it. She can't change her mind. Um, and uh, then, uh, re- unless uh, retroactively, if he doesn't pay, there, there won't be kiddushin. But retroactively, if he does pay retroactively, then there is kiddushin. That is the halacha. Different if he says zor or if he's counting it out. And if he says zor, counting it out, then he has to give the full amount because that's not a condition. There, it's evident that he's supposed to, he's giving it now. is also like Rava, who said in the name of Rav Nachman. That if he says, I'm going to give you Mekodesh with 100 dinar, I don't have any cash on me right now, so here's a collateral, hold on to my watch. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow, I'll give you the money and take back the watch. That's not valid because... Uh, collateral in that case is she doesn't own it, right? So he doesn't give her any money. She didn't give her, he didn't give her anything that she is going to keep. And therefore he didn't give her anything at all. So there's no kiddushin. All right. Next case. Now we get to the shtar. Bishtar kesar. If you wanted to do kiddushin with the shtar, how does it work exactly? So first you need some writing material. It could be paper, earthenware, even if it's not worth even a peruta. That's okay. Only for kesef it has to be worth a peruta. Bashtad works in a completely different mechanism. It's not the value of the piece of paper. It's what's written on it. What's written on it? Bitecha mikudeshedli, bitecha meoresedli, bitecha lili intu, harezo mikudeshed. We're assuming a case of a minor girl whose father has the right to uh, to marry her off. And so in this case, the uh, groom is going to write to the father, your daughter is hereby sanctified to me, hereby betrothed unto me, or she she will be your daughter will be my wife and he writes that in the shtar and he gives it well it sounds like he's giving it to that father we'll see actually he can give it to the girl also as long as the father is in, is in agreement so that is kiddushin that's it it sounds like you don't have to say anything you don't have to say right because it's actually written in the document just by handing the document is the same as saying those words and the father receiving the document 
is accepting them. And now we have a question. This, how come this works differently than a bill of sale? In a bill of sale, the seller always writes the star. He's the seller. He's initiating. And he says, I own this field. This field is sold to you. So the seller gives the deed to the buyer. But here it's the husband who's the, in, in, let's call him the buyer, right? He's not, uh, he's not uh, buying financially, but he's buying the right to marry. Uh, from the father, and yet he writes, your uh, daughter is mikudeshet to me. If it was parallel, then it should be the father. He's like the seller, uh, should write, here, behold, my daughter is given over to you as a wife. Just like an owner of a field says, my field is given over to you. So how come for Kiddushin, we write it the wrong way or the opposite way of a bill of sale? Rava explains, oh, both, both types of contracts are based on the context of Pesukim. And he quotes two Pesukim. In the case of someone selling a field, this is regarding the redeeming a field and Yovel. So if it says, if a person sells his ancestral land, you see that a seller is, has to initiate the process. So that's why a seller is going to write the document. But when it comes to marriage, the Pesuk in Devarim says, if a man takes a woman, so the man is the one initiating the process. And that's why for Kiddushin, he has to be the one that writes the shtad and says, your daughter is betrothed unto me. Okay, good. So that seems like a nice answer. But now Gemara uh, um, asks, you uh, chose these two pisukim from Baikra and Devarim, but there are other pisukim that say the opposite. sadot In Yirmiyah says, uh, people will buy fields with money. The context of this pisukim, uh, actually very beautiful pisukim, uh, Hashem says, is saying um, uh, to Bnei Israel, just like I brought all the evil upon you, I'm going to bring good. I'm going to bring you back to, back to the land. Land. And your fields shall again be purchased in this land that you say now is desolate. There's nobody there. Everybody's going to go. You're going to see the, um, the real estate prices are going to be sky high. Came true, right? Go try to buy something in Yerushalayim or Tel Aviv now. Um, and then it says, Sadot Bakesef Yiknu, fields will be purchased with money. And they're going to write uh, deeds written and sealed witnesses. So from here we can learn the normal uh, legal way that you purchase a field right by and it says here you meaning that they will be bought so it sounds here like the buyer is the one initiating and therefore he would be the one that would write the contract so this is a contradiction of what Rava just said okay how are we going to answer it instead of reading it you which says in the Masoretic vocalization read it and instead as a hif il you will be uh, will, will sell um, uh, will can cause to be bought. Could cause to be bought means to sell. So you know what? We could just repunctuate this word. All right. Well, so how come you're repunctuating this word in Yirmiyah? Maybe because the Pasuk back in Vayikra says Umachar. So, okay, so we're going to uh, rely on a Pasuk in the Torah, and that's going to be the main Pasuk. What are we going to do with the contradiction in the Pasuk in Nevi'im? All right, we'll resolve the contradiction. We're not going to change the consonants, but we'll change the vocalization. So that's what you did. All right, I understand. I'll accept it. But, ki 
דכתיב את ביתי נתתי לאיש הזה. יקח או יקיח Um, so here also, the pasuk that you quoted from Devarim, ki kach ishisha, that proves that a man initiates, hold on, there's another pasuk in Devarim that says at biti, a father says, I have given my daughter over to you. This is a con in the context of Mosi Shemra, when the groom claims that he did not find Betulim. So here you see, and this is in the Torah also, um, a man, a father, initiates and gives his daughter. And so since you have now a contradiction between these two Pesukim, we would, just like you, you just repunctuated uh, re Pasuk, I can also repunctuate a Pasuk and say, instead of Ki Yikach Ish Isha, read it Ki Yakiach Ish Isha, um, if a man is taken by a woman. Um, and so uh, then there'll be the op then there'll be the other way around. And in fact, according to this, biti natati, that would sound like a father would initiate, and he would write the document. I behold, I give my daughter over to you, just like an owner of a field. So you know what? From the pisukim, there are pisukim on both sides. And if you're going to start revocalizing re pisukim, you could do it for for both um, uh, uh, selling and for kiddushin, and come up with any conclusion that you want. So the pisukim are not definitive. Rather, Rava must have meant to say that this is a halacha It's an oral tradition that when you're selling a land, the, the seller writes the language. When you're doing kiddushin, the buyer, meaning the husband, writes the language. And the rabbis just uh, used pisukim as a mnemonic device uh, to su for support, and that's why Rava quoted the, those two pesukim. But you're right; it's not really based on the pesukim because you can find opposite pesukim. All right, that's one answer. You could also argue that in Vayikra, in the the same context, that same uh, chapter. So even though it says here, um, fields will with with money. Where people will um, uh, will buy, and so uh, over here it sounds like it's the buyer. But in that very context above, uh, Yerimiyah is told by Hashem to go and buy a field from his cousin. Then this is before the, the right before the destruction, and it's like crazy. You're going to buy a field now when everybody's going to exile, and he does to show that one day we're going to come back. Hold on to that deed. And uh, in that pasuk it says um, uh, va eten. Yirmiyah says, I took the deed of sale. Yirmiyah took it, he's the buyer. That means that the seller, his uh, cousin, Hanamel, wrote it. So you see, even in this very context, it's much more explicit in the, in the story here that the seller is the one that wrote the document and Yirmiyah bought it. So even though it says Yiknu, that's not really, uh, that's not as uh, explicit as this. And so even in that context, it says so. So you know what? We even could rely on the Pisukim and, uh, and the, those Pisukim that we bought are, very, are pretty good proofs, right? Although, yeah, you could always re-punctuate re it, but you don't have to. The Pisukim in Yirmiyah and the Pasuk in uh, Vayikra talk about selling. That's the main thing that you do is uh, sell. And the main Pasuk of marriage is ki yikach ishisha, the husband initiates, and that's the reason why the husband will write the shar. Okay, all good. Now, ve'amarava amarav nachman, katav lo al haniyad o lacheres, afa pish en bo shave peruta bitecha mikudeshet li, bitecha meoreset li, bitecha li li intu, ben al yedei aviha, ben al yedei asmaha, mikudeshet midato, vehu shelo bagra. So now a summary 
If a husband writes on paper or on uh, earthenware, they would do that often. They had, you know, pots that would get broken, and they're not worth much anyway. It's easy to make a new one, but from the pottery shards, you can use them. It's like, you know, the back of envelopes that you are used envelopes. You don't waste the paper. So they would use these pot shards to write things on which is actually a good thing that, that they did that because they last forever. So archaeologists can find lots of things from thousands of year old, years old uh, written on pot shards. So if he writes it on one of these things, even if it doesn't have a pidu, it's not worth a piduta, that's okay. And he writes it to the father, your daughter is mikudeshet to me, your daughter is betrothed to me, your daughter will be my wife. And he gives it either to the father or to her. Um, that's fine, as long as it's mida'ato, with the consent of the father. And all this is true when she is a minor. So when she's a minor, she can still receive it, but the father has to okay it. And, and it's written in this language because it's the father who is agreeing and giving over his daughter. However, if she is an adult, then it's different. Same thing on paper on earthenware, even if it's not worth a peruta. And now he writes, Behold, you are sanctified uh, to me. You are my wife. You are betrothed unto me. That works. And it doesn't matter if he gives it to the father or to her, but it has to be with her consent if she is an adult. So even if she's an adult and she consents, if he gives it to the father, the father can accept it on behalf of his daughter. But since she's an adult, she has to, she has to consent to it. So in either case, you could give it to the father or the daughter, but if it's a minor, then you write it, the, the language in it will be, you, you're right, I, I'm taking your daughter, and the father has to agree to it. If, she's, if it's an adult, then she has to agree to it, and the language is, behold, you are mekudeshet to me. We now continue with another detail of writing the shtar. Does it have to be written lishma? A man writes a shtar kiddushin, and he has in mind Sada, because he's intending to marry Sada. Turns out, uh, Sada breaks up with him, and but he has the shtar already, so now can you use the same one for Rivka, who uh, he's, now, now he wants to marry. Can he do that, or does it have to be in Lishma? I had in mind when writing this uh, document to give it to Sada, but now she's out of the picture. Now I have to tear that up. I have to write another one when eventually I marry Rivka. And that's the question. On the one hand, maybe we should compare entering the marriage with exiting a marriage. And just like when you exit a marriage with a get, the get has to be written for this particular woman, even if a man has two wives with the same name. Um, he has to, no good, he has to write it for this particular woman. <clears throat> Otherwise, you can't use it. So too for Kiddushin has to be written for this particular woman, you need lishma. Or maybe we should compare all the various types of kiddushin. Just like for kesef, you don't need a coin that's minted for the sake of this particular woman to use. You just use a regular coin that's minted by the government for our general use. Uh, so too, a shtad doesn't, does not have to be written for this particular woman. You take any shtad, you could just buy one off the, uh, in the in the market and use it 
uh, because it's the same as Kesef. Those are the two sides. After he asked the question, Reshakish answered it as well. Because the Pasuk has uh, in the same in the same Pasuk, she will leave. <coughs> One husband and then come and marry a second husband is juxtaposing the way you leave with the way you come in. And just like when you leave with a get has to be written, Ishma, yes, a shtar kidushin has to be written for the sake of this particular woman. Good. Itmar. Ketavolishma bishelomi daata. Now, this the distinction between writing it for her sake and with her consent. Right, I can write it for her sake, even though she doesn't know or she has not yet agreed to marry me. Right, we went out on uh, two dates. That's a, that we just saw that two dates is enough, and so I'm ready. So I'm gonna write a shtar kitubat, a shtar kidushin, to have it ready, and I'm hoping, you know, on the next date I'll make a nice proposal. But she has not agreed yet um, to the marriage. Maybe even she so far she said no. Um, but can I write it? And eventually, when she agrees, then I'll give it to her. Is that okay? That's fine. As long as Renly Shma, as we proved, has to be Shma. She doesn't have to agree consent at the time of the writing. She has to consent, of course, once she receives it. She has to receive it and say, I'm Mikudeshit. You can't do Kiddushin without someone's will. But the right at the time of writing, she doesn't have to agree. Rapapa, Verav Shedevya Amre, and Namikudeshet, Rapapa and Rav Shedevya say, no. It has to be written also with her consent. You have to first propose, you're, gonna, you're okay with marrying me? Good. All right, let's go to the scribe and then he'll write it. Amar Rapapa, Emata Amaditu, Emata Amadidi. Rapapa is now says, I'm going to offer their uh, reasoning, that of Ravan Ravina, the Semikodeshit, and then I'll tell you also my reasoning. It's very nice of Rapapa to explain the reasoning of the opponents even before his own. Like Bet Hillel used to uh, mention the opinion of Bet Shammai before their own. It's a sign of humility. Ravan Ravina can say that why is it okay? Because Kiddushin is going to be like Gitin. Just like when leaving a marriage um, with, with a get, the get has to be written for her sake, but does not have to be written with her agreement, with her consent. A get works on a Doraita level even without her consent. So the husband, that's okay. He has to write it Lishma. This is for the sake of this particular wife, even though she does not want to get, uh, get a get, doesn't, or doesn't know about it, doesn't matter. That's a good get. The same thing for Kiddushin. Kiddushin has to be written for her sake, but does not have to be written with her consent. Same, just like a get. When you give it to her, she has to concede, agree to receive it and be mikudeshit, but not at the time of writing. Now that's the other that's the other opinion. My own opinion, I say it's not good. Is I'm also going to compare Gitin and Kiddushin. In both of them, you need the consent of the one giving over uh, the owner, uh, transferring ownership. The owner has to consent, has to agree. In the case of Gitin. The husband owns, not owns the wife, but owns the ma- right to ma- be married to the wife. And so he has to be, he has to agree that he wants to. Forget, it has to be for the, with the husband's free will. He only then is the get valid. 
Good, that's true. And the same thing for Kiddushin has to be with the knowledge and consent of the giver. And in that case of Kiddushin, the giver is the woman. She's giving herself. She's agreeing to um, allow, to give the right to marry over to this man. Therefore, it has to be with his consent. It is the same as Gitin, except when with Kiddushin, she's the one giving over the right to marry with Gitin, he, the husband, owns the right to marry and is giving it back to her. But in both cases, it does have to be Rin Lishma. In the case of Kiddushin, the marriage contract, even though he is the one writing it, has to be done Lishma with her in mind and with her consent. We now challenge the opinions of Rava and Ravina from a Mishnah. They're the one that says the Kiddushin works and you don't need her consent during the writing of the Shtar. Metzibe. This Mishnah says you cannot write a document of Kiddushin or Nisuin unless you have the consent of both parties. Shtad uh, Nisuin, we don't know what it is yet. Uh, for to do Nisuin, you need Chupa. You don't do Nisuin with a Shtad. So we're not sure what that is. But assuming Shtad Erusin is what we're talking about, a Shtad for Kiddushin, it says it has to be with her consent. That proves that a Papa is against the other opinion. My love, Shtadesh, Erusin, Vinisuin, Mamash. So are we not talking about what we usually understand as a Shtad to do Kiddushin and I guess Nisuin along with that? Um, it's, we're talking about the same thing. We say, no, Lash. Now we're talking about documents of stipulation, uh, about the details of the dowry and what you're going to bring into them, you're going to bring into the marriage, like the tenaim. Um, and as Rav Gidel said the name of Rav, um, the parents, when they're arranging the marriage, will ask each other, the uh, the parents of the groom will say, of the bride will say, how much are you bringing into the marriage and giving your son as a bride price? Uh, this much. And then the other side says, how much are you going to bring into the marriage and give to your daughter as the dowry? And they say this much. And they agree on how many camels and everything. And then they go and they do Kiddushin. So that acts as an acquisition in and of itself, even if they just say it, um, that speech, but then it's followed by an action of Kiddushin that effectuates um, their commitment and they can't renege um, on that. So that's what we're talking about. Over here it says that they can do it with just Devarim, um, but they can also write it down. So when it says here, Shtare Erusin Venisuin, it's talking about a document that lists all the things, the agreement, the financial agreement. Uh, before the uh, the wedding of what they're going to each contribute. That has to be done with the uh, consent of both parties. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about the shtad of Kiddushin that, that, we were, that we've been talking about, uh, a shtad to effectuate Kiddushin. Okay, now uh, back to doing Kiddushin with Bi'ah. What's the source of it? We already saw a source earlier, Ki kach ish isha, Uba'ala, from the word yikach, we learn that means money. And then it says uba'ala, that means you could do kiddushin with bi'ah. But now we're going to see a different source and ask why we need both. Amar bi'abhu, amar 
רבי יוחנן, דאמר קרא, ועולת בעל, מלמד שנעשה לה בעל על ידי בעילה. We learn it from this פסוק here, um, if uh, there is a man שוכב עם אישה that sleeps with a woman, who is בעולת בעל, meaning a married woman, they're committing adultery, so they both get the death penalty. Um, uh, okay, so now instead of saying married, how, does, how do you say married? בעולת בעל, this double language. What did we learn from that? That someone becomes a בעל, he becomes a husband through בעילה. So that means that you can do kiddushin, acquire a woman and be her husband through בעילה. Good. אמר לה רבי זרה לרבי אבו, ואמרי לה רשא קיש רבי יוחנן, כאורה זו ששנה רבי ובעלה מלמד שנקראת בביאה, and now we have a question. Uh, a, ch a challenge against uh, Rabbi Yochanan's source, and uh, some say Rabbi Zara Esri Abu, some say Rishakish Esri Yochanan. What's wrong with Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's derivation, who learned it from the pasuk and the regular pasuk? Kikach ish isha ub ala. That means that's in the context of taking a woman. It says ub ala that you do kiddushin with bia. Right, so why do you need another pasuk, Rabbi Yochanan? And the answer is, If I had only that pasuk, I might have thought that you need two things in order to do kiddushin. You have to give her a coin, and also bi'ah. You need both steps just for kiddushin. That's why I need the pasuk here in uh, Devarim 22 that says, uh, She becomes his wife just through bi'ah. And we're talking about Kiddushin, just through Bi'ah. It doesn't say anything about Kesef. So that's why I need this Pasuk. Now, we challenge this answer. We have a case of Naram Orasa, happens to be the very next Pasuk. Here, um, if there is a, 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 a young woman who's a betula, but she is me'orasa, and then uh, someone is with her, so uh, she, uh, someone uh, uh, takes her, so he gets, uh, if it's adultery and willing, then they get sekila. Now, how could you have a, a possibility of someone, a woman who was me'oreset, Right, and she's also a betula. If you say that in order to do, if, if you say as a hava amina, um, that's what Rabbi Yochanan just said. If we had only only the pasuk of kikach ish isha, then we would say you have to do both kesef and bi'ah in order to do kiddushin. But if every kiddushin required kesef and bi'ah, then you can never have a ne'ara me'orasa who's also a betula, because she will have already done bi'ah, and then she wouldn't be a betula anymore. But the Torah has a case of na'ara me'orasa, who's a betula, right? So how could you ever have such a case? We elaborate further on the question. If he did kiddushin, meaning with money, money, and he did bi'ah, regular bi'ah, then she's already, she's a be'ula, so that she's not a ne'orasa betula, she's not a betula anymore. And if she did kiddushin, and didn't do bi'ah, she only did kiddushin with money, then, according to your hava amina, meaning if you only had ki kach ish isha, and that means that you have to have two steps in order to do kiddushin, well, if you only did one step, you did money, but not bi'ah, then, then there's no, then she's not, she's not mikudeshet, she's not a ne'ara me'orasa. So how could you ever have a, how could you have a hava amina? It's all back to, why do you need both pesukim, uh, according to the Biochanan uh, and the pasuk of ki kach ish isha, because I would have thought that you need kiddushin and bi'ah, no, it's impossible because we have a law 
of Narama Orasa. So what's the case of Narama Orasa Betula, according to uh, this Hava Amina, that you need Kiddushin and Bi'ah. So the rabbi said uh, to Abaye, maybe his students that proposed the following uh, uh, prop, the following answer. It could be if the groom has bi'ah shelo kedarka. He gives her kesef kiddushin, she accepts it, and then he would have bi'ah shelo kedarka. On the one hand, that is an, an act of bi'ah, so that it acquires her and she is mikudeshet. On the other hand, it doesn't break her betulim, so she is still a betula. Okay, so that seems like a good answer. But Abaye rejects it. Abaye explains that is a strange thing legally um, because um, everyone agrees that uh, there's a machloket, as we're going to see in a second, between Rabbi and Rabbanan, and they only disagree if a foreign guy, meaning not not the husband, not the groom, um, if he has bi'ah shalokedarka, there's a question, is that considered that bi'ah that breaks her betulim, or that makes her a beula, or she remains a betula. We'll see that machloket in a second. But everyone agrees that if a baal, if the groom or husband himself um, uh, performs bi'ah shelokedarka, that that she becomes a beula thereby. Whether she physically has betulim or not is independent of the question of whether legally she is considered a beula or a betula. And so if it's the husband her, himself, Who's, do, who's doing this and gives kesef and then bi'ah shelok, even if it's shelok edarka, she's still considered a be'ola. And so once again, you can never have a na'ara me'orasa who's also a betula. So he rejects this answer. Now we just have to explain what this machoket is. Mayhi tetanya ba'u aleha asara anashim hi betula. Let's say you have a na'ara me'orasa betula and 10 other men come and are, are, have bi'ah with her, and she remains a betula. How could she remain a betula? We'll see. Kulan beskila. Uh, they all get sikila. So they can, she remains, she can remain a betula physically if it's all bi'ah shelokedarka. And the law is, all of them get sikila. In other words, she remains a betula the entire time, um, from the first to the tenth guy, because it's all shelokedarka. So there's no, she's a betula, and the punishment for nara, betula, me'orasa, with, of adultery is um, that they all get sekila. Rabbi says, I disagree. The first one was going to get sekila because at that point, she's a narame orasa betula, let's say normal halacha uh, of kidushe kesef. And so she's a betula. The first guy who has biashe darka, he gets sekila because she's a betula. After that, that is, she's considered a betula dependent of her physical betulim being there. And so the rest of them also get the death penalty, but they get chenek. Chenek is the punishment for adultery of a be'ula. Uh, Sikila is the punishment for adultery with a betula, na'aram orasa betula. Okay, so you see that there is a machloket here between Rabbanan and Rabbi regarding a foreign guy who's committing adultery. Is that act considered uh, is she considered thereby a be'ula or not? But regarding a groom himself who is doing it, everyone, even, uh, everyone would agree, even Rabbanan would agree that that is 
an act of bi'ah that makes her a be'ulah. So we reject that answer. We need a new answer. Amar of Nachman by Yitzchak Mashkach Adaki. Gon shekidusha bishtar. Huyel ve'gomer umosi. Gomer umachni. So an easier answer is he do kiddushin with shtar. Um, uh, so the anara betula anara meorasa betula. That halacha in the Torah could be a case where a husband does kiddushin with a shtar, and just like a shtar, all you need is a shtar to end end a marriage with a divorce. So too, all you need is a shtar to enter a divorce. Right? No one would think that you need shtar plus bi'ah. So there, that so we solve that problem. Naram orasa. Betula could happen with a shtar, but I still might have a havamina that if you're doing kedusha kesef, then you need two steps, kesef and bi'ah, in order to make to do kedushin. That, that's what I would have thought if I only had kikach ish isha. That's why I need the pasuk from Devarim 22, Be'ulat Baal, to teach me that um, bi'ah by itself um, can also uh, be act as kedushin, and kesef by, by itself can also effectuate kedushin. Now that we've established that Rabbi Yochanan learns uh, Kiddushé Bi'ah from Be'olat Ba'al, because Kikach Ishisha would be insufficient, because then you think maybe you need both Kesef and Bi'ah. Now we ask Rabbi Yochanan, Hai Ub'ala Mai Avid Le. Why does he need the Pasuk at all? Kikach Ishisha Ub'ala. Why do we need that word at all? Because I know Kiddushé Bi'ah from the Pasuk Be'ulat Baal. So, Ahu mi ba'ale zoniknet bebi'ah ve'en amahai b'riyah niknet bebi'ah. Rabbi Yochanan learns a halacha that a wife can be acquired with bi'ah, but an ama'ivriya cannot be acquired with bi'ah. An ama'ivriya is acquired by money, like uh, she's a slave. Now, even though ama'ivriya is, the intention is when she becomes an adult, she's supposed to be, mar- be married to the owner or the owner's son. So there is an aspect of kiddushin, uh, kind of like here, but it's not really, it's not really kiddushin, because if he doesn't marry her and he ends up marrying someone else, then she goes free. Um, so I need to learn, ikikach ish isha, if a man wants to marry a woman, regular free woman, then uba'ala, you can use you can use kiddush kesef, or you can use bi'ah for that. But amayvriya, no, only kesef, not bi'ah. Now, why would I have thought that it's okay to use bi'ah? Sakadatech amin might have thought a kavachomer from yevama. A yevama cannot be acquired with money, or rather only bi'ah. So an amayvriyah who can be acquired with money, all the more so, she has right. She is more acquirable. She should be able to be acquired with bi'ah. But then we reject that because a Yavama already has a connection. She's already bound to the Yavam by the, her husband dying. She ha- already has an obligation, and he has an obligation to marry her, to do Yibum, or if not, Chalitza. So that's why Bi'ah works there, whereas with an Ama Ivriya, this is talking about just a young girl who's totally free, and the father needs to uh, sell her off, so there's no, uh, there's no, she's not bound in any way to the future owner, so it's totally different from Yibum. So that destroys that Kavachomer. Rather, I might have thought that the Amavriya is compared to another wife. It says in the Pasuk that if this owner, uh, if he chooses to marry the Amavriya, okay, good. But if not, if he takes another wife, uh, then he has 
to let the Amaivia go free. Um, or if he if he marries another wife, he still has to uh, provide for sheira uh, kisuta onata for the for this amayvriya. Anyway, the point is that it says if he marries another besides amayvriya, so it talks about amayvriya and regular marriage in uh, same pasuk back to back. So just like with the other marriage, that's with bia. So to amayvriya, you might think is with bia, and that's why I need the pasuk kikach. Only works for marriage, it does not work for Amaivriya. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan does with that Pasuk. Now, Rabbi, Rabbi who learns from Kikach Ish Isha Ubala, where is he going to learn this halacha, that Amaivriya cannot be acquired with Bi'a? The Pasuk could have just said Kikach Ish Isha Ubaal, a short form. Um, uh, so why does it say the longer from Uba'ala? Of course, in Peshat, it means Uba'al Ota. You kind of need that pronoun. Um, but nevertheless, this is a longer form. Well, so he will learn two things from this Pasuk. Number one, that you could do, you, you can um, do perform marriage with Bi'ah, and that only it only works for a wife and not for an Ama Ivriya. Good. Rava learned from Bar Ahina that he, we need to learn something else from this Pasuk. Pasuk Kikach Ishisha Ub Allah means that Kiddushin is effective when it can lead eventually to Bi'ah during Nisu'in. Um, but if you do Kiddushin, and it's in a, such a situation where that Kiddushin cannot lead to legal Bi'ah in, in marriage, then the Kiddushin is also invalid. For example, if a man gives Kiddushin to one of two sisters, not knowing which one it is, then he can never consummate that marriage because he's not sure if it's this sister that he did Kiddushin with. He's not allowed to go have Bi'ah with the other sister and vice versa. So that's, that would be Kiddushin that cannot be followed up with Bi'ah and is therefore invalid. So how do we know that? Because the Pasuk says, Kikach Ish Isha, if you do Kiddushin with Kesef, has to be able to lead to Uba'ala. So now we have uh, this law that we need to learn from the same Pasuk. Ma'ik Alemamad, what's, what's uh, Rava, who learned this, uh, this uh, law from this Pasuk, what's he going to do? How is he going to learn everything from one Pasuk? And the answer is, yes, you can. Imken Ikhtov Kera O Be'ala, Ma'i Uba'ala, Shema Mina Kulehu. The pasuk could have said, "Kikach ish isha o be'ala." If it was just, a, if, if I wanted to teach that you could do kiddushin with kesef, "Kikach ish isha," or you could also do bi'ah, it could have said "o." Why say "u" and uh, and both? So from that "u," just from that one letter, we can learn this halacha that kiddushin kesef has to be able to potentially lead to legal bi'ah, and from uh, the uh, the longer uh, version of the word, uh, we can learn the halakha that bi'ah works for a wife, but not for an ama ivriyah, and from the word itself, just ba'al, uh, we can learn that you can do kiddushin with kesef and also with bi'ah. So we can learn all three of the halachot, all from one word, one from ba'al, one from the vav at the beginning, and one from a he at the end. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.